All right, welcome back to the BC Gang Podcast, and today we are talking about season three of Star Trek Picard, because season one and two were, <laughs> ooh, some hot trash. So season one, a robot, like, what's it, Vosh? Is that the name? No. Oh my God, dude, yeah. Uh, season one, robot, so, Data's daughter. Yeah, so yeah. basically like twin robots. Yeah. It all kind of related back between the Borg and Data, and a descendant of Ningen Soong is like in his hippie compound, and basically built a safe haven for androids. Then Picard is dying. At that point, his body is transferred into a similarly aged body of what looks like to be Picard, which (laughs) his consciousness is just transferred into that. So then what you have is season two of Star Trek Picard, where basically Picard has these visions about certain things. He doesn't know why they're happening, but it turns out it's Q. Q is interfering and then it turns into like a mirror mirror season. It's turned upside down where the Federation is now turned into the Confederacy, basically. There's this hatred for the Borg and all this other stuff and so it just basically winds up being trash. Mm-hmm. So another season of trash. So then we have this season. There's a different showrunner, first of all, for this. And then there's a lot of... Yeah, I think he's the director, right? He's the guy who directed he's, it? He's or... an executive producer as well. So it's not just the Kirschman and... Keith Goldsman. Yeah, yeah, those, those idiots. Yeah, those yeah. idiots. We get upset about like anybody related uh, to J.J. Um... Abrams. <laughs> just to start this off and relate this back to Star Wars. So before 2009, that Star Trek was hidden. Mm-hmm. Was hidden. Yeah. That was a good point. It was a good premise. It was a good starting point. Bunch of glaring problems. Well, first of all, it was a bunch of glare coming from like. Yeah, there was a bunch of glare. Chris Pine and them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was. There were problems. There were problems. A bunch of lens flares. Bunch of lens flares. You can't see what's going on. Everything's all glass. But go ahead, keep. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a lot of problems there. So starts off good enough. Do something dramatic. You blow up Romulus. Then you blow up fucking Vulcan. And it's a lot of action, a lot of running around, a lot of fast talking, a lot of plans being made on the fly. The one thing that hey Marvel, Chris you, know, you kind of overlooked in the movie. and you, you you didn't think about was like there's time and distance, there's time and space. That whole movie took place over the course of a fucking day, and they travel halfway across the goddamn galaxy. Yo, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. It's like tiny little bitty inconsistencies that all added up. Because this is a point in time when J.J. Abrams was Keith's boy. Everything J.J. Abrams was doing. Alias. Gold. Keith was all on to it. Then Star Trek Into Darkness came out. <laughs> yeah, fucking bullshit. I knew it was going to be bullshit if it turned out to be con. Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be con. I knew that, that, that was shit was the first be thing. It was like all these fake outs. It was like, well, who is Benedict Cumberbatch? Like, he has to be con. It's like, no, his name's like John something. John Walker. It's like, like whatever his name is supposed to be. You know, that dude's con. And it's like, no, no, he's not. And then there's like all these fake outs. With the trailer for the movie. What's going on? It's like, hold on. Is Spock going to die in this one? Like, he died in the original? Oh, oh what's no, going on? That's not the case. And then, here goes the fake out stuff. And then, didn't they, like, fly through space or something? Like, they, I'm trying to think. Oh, they, the MacGuffin thing was that they were going to fire torpedoes from half a galaxy, a completely different star system. And it was going to blow up the Klingon homeworld. And the torpedoes were loaded up with people. 20 minutes to fly from Earth to Kronos, the Klingon homeworld. 
they're going to launch these 70 something torpedoes. Benedict's character, Khan, transported from Earth on a little ass, tiny ass little shuttle ship to another fucking star system all the way with some experimental transporter technology. Everyone had plot armor. Everything was conveniently explained as a plot device. And even when they conveniently explained it, it was still stupid. It made no fucking sense at all how they were doing this shit. It, it, no, we deviated to the J.J. Abrams. Know, it, like, even James Wan tried to save this, and he couldn't do it. But nevertheless, yeah, <laughs> Fast and the Furious, did they do it? No, Justin <laughs> Lin directed Fast and Furious. James Wan directed... Um, Pretty sure they swapped. James Wan did Aquaman, right? James Wan did Aquaman. Yeah, Justin Lin, he did all them Fast and Furious movies. I'm pretty sure they swapped the series at some point. Fast Five. I'm pretty sure they they swapped the series at some point. I know they're boys. But trying to focus this, there's a lot of callbacks to just earlier Trek, whether it be TOS, early parts of Next Generation, so there's imagery, music, like even the music for the outro, a classic Trek. And we're talking about... um... Star Trek up uh, car yeah. season three. Yes, absolutely. So show starts off with Beverly Crusher kind of having a firefight in space. You don't know what's going on, but she locks somebody in a closet or something and right. then kills two dudes, sends a message off to Picard. It's like, hey, trust no one, but I need help. So then what happens, you kind of cut to Rafi, which was like one of the side characters, like you can get rid of any of the side characters from Star Trek oh, Picard's previous season. She's on some mission trying to find somebody called the Red Lady. And yeah, we really don't give a fuck about what she's doing either. So, Keep going. They make it a point. It's like, I lost my girlfriend. Like, yo, we don't care. All right? We do not care. We do not care. Picard, here's his TNG error communicator. Just, hey, what is that? So his communicator is going off, and it's the message from Beverly Crusher asking for help. He tries to enlist help from Will Riker, which at this point, Will Riker is still a captain, which doesn't make sense to me. Ship. He didn't want to get promoted past well, he that. He's so. retired. But try to find a way onto the new Titan. So Riker is not an active captain right now. He doesn't have a ship. But 709 is serving as first officer on the new Titan. And there's a captain called Captain Shaw on this who is <laughs> uh, just digging into everybody so there's gonna be a captain's mess we're gonna invite the admiral and captain Riker to the captain's mess so when they get there Shaw's already eating like he's already whining and dining on my ship things just happen peace out and he's just like you're an old dude that nobody cares about anymore and Riker you don't have a ship you suck so they're trying to convince him to take different coordinates to wherever Beverly's crush's ship should technically be. He's like, no, nah, dog, I'm done. <laughs> he just gets up and walks out. Seven and nine just kind of takes it upon herself to do it. Also, Jordy's daughter is on, who is also LeVar Burton's real daughter. His daughter and his daughter in real life are the same person. So... I didn't, actually, I did not know that. Yeah, so that, that is his real daughter. Call back to TNG. Like, I'll tell you this, something right now. Already, this is the type of nostalgic fan service shit that I like to see. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. To kind of relate this back to Star Wars, the first two seasons of Picard are that 
problem when they brought back Star Wars is that they didn't respect mm-hmm. what came before it enough mm-hmm. to appreciate how to move beyond it. Mm-hmm. Where they started having to tear people down, they had to turn. Barry, that was well said. Say it again. Even those Star Trek novels that expanded the universe, or you had those mm-hmm. Star Wars novels that expanded the universe. It's the same thing. You don't respect any of that stuff enough to maybe follow along or at least keep some of that in line with it, that you have to do this whole totally new nonsense and destroy the classic characters to make them look stupid. So you got basically Picard season one. Nobody cares about him. It's like, oh, you old dude. Get out of my face. They got him being cussed out by fucking admirals and shit. Like, we don't, first of all, we don't even know who the fuck you are, lady. We know who fucking John Luke Picard is. Dude had, what, he got, what, six movies under his belt? I'm like, yo, he didn't save the... 200 episodes? Like, no, 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 Like, bitch. this dude didn't save the universe several he times have, He can have all the hubris in the fucking world. The but, sheer fucking hubris. Goddamn right, he's got the hubris. But again, he the fuck he wants like, you have all these callbacks, classic error, like, even callbacks to TOS. So there's a, a Rachel Garrett callback, yes. which is, like, again, if they want to do something, like, Discovery-esque style, hey, we need to have female lead as captain for whatever reason just do a Rachel Garrett so really no Star Trek like that at some point there was an episode of TNG that it was yesterday's Enterprise so they brought back Tasha Yard that somehow she didn't die they encountered the Enterprise C the Enterprise C existed like years before the Enterprise D Picard Enterprise but somehow it disappeared the ship was like either lost or destroyed somehow but never interact with each other, but until this episode. And then what happened was that Captain Garrett was supposed to like lead this mission, try to save this Klingon outpost. It never happens because she dies in the kind of mirror universe, basically screws everything up for the future. If this ship doesn't survive, go back in time to save the Klingon outpost, our future is destroyed. And, Natasha Yar went back with them, and that screws up the future again. But Rachel Garrett, I'm all about that. Give me Rachel Garrett every day, all day. Callbacks to like two, three, and four. So it's like Search for Spock. That's three, right? Search for Spock was three, yes. So it's Rathacon, Search for Spock. It's got more of the vibe from three. Yeah. That's the one where they're kind of all going against Starfleet, hijacking ships and stuff, and just kind of doing their own thing yeah as somebody the first time you ever saw star trek outside of starfleet yeah honestly and as somebody that watches star trek daily like i've basically watched all deep space nine pretty much every day for the past three months there's some good stuff to pull from and at least this season because we know where this is gonna go at some point because star trek Picard starts off hey this might be cool and then somewhere, CBS goes like, look, we hate you people. This is what we're going to do. So I hope this new showrunner this season puts some effort into saying, no, that's probably a bad idea. And I actually appreciate the source material because it seems like a lot of times these current writers have a disdain for the source material. They claim that they like it, but there's an average disdain for it. There's a hatred for it. Well, because all these people are writing about what it means to them, I'm going to destroy all that and make a new meaning. That's not a good idea because that's what they did with Star Wars. They tried to make a new meaning that somehow Ray is important. Like, no, Shorty, you ain't important. You know? Like, nope. You're not important. You, you are nothing. 
you're nothing and you should continue to be nothing. That's why you're never going to be mentioned again. But Keith, what do you feel about this episode? I'm cautiously optimistic. So the problem with I have with Picard as a show is that it will do the first one to two episodes. Yeah. The first I gave it the three episodes. The first three episodes of the season are often its strongest. It's usually around the third episode it starts to show the cracks of and you start to smell the rot and the bullshit from Bad Robot and Kurtzman and all the other fucking clowns who don't honor, respect, revere, even like the fucking lore or like the, the material that they're working with. But Picard, season one of Picard, that first episode, you're sitting there, you're caught up, Patrick Stewart playing Picard again, you're caught up in that. Season two started off strong. That first episode, extremely strong. The second episode, first two minutes, total trash. Tuned out almost immediately after that. <laughs> this, I kind of watched it and then you had Rafi pop up, and I'm like, ugh. Yep. I, I, I just exactly like, what I did. Why, I was like, why? yeah, no, no. Ugh, why, why? Why is she here? Why? The... Oh, so now she's feeding for a fix. So we got diverse, nuanced character sort of thing. And, of course, the first five minutes of her character being there, she is suffering from an addiction. She was of some prominence, but she's fallen on hard times. Oh, and that she's lost her love. And you're like, oh my God, it's going through all the fucking tropes. Basically checking off all the diversity check boxes real quick. Shut up, hurry up. What does this got to do with anything? Anytime that the screen or the scenes turned to her character doing whatever the hell she was doing was a waste of time, in my opinion. They could have had a brand new character in there for all I care. And that would have served just as well. Yeah, I'm like, yo, first of all, get rid of Gerardi, get rid of her, get rid of the the two Romulans, get, get rid of all of them. Then I mean, I can say, them, but other than that, I'm like, whatever. Like, I, I got, I got nothing else. I'm like, Patrick Stewart's on the way out. He can't even get it up no more, yo. Like, <laughs> then you, you get to Picard and Riker. I lean back, cross my legs, relax with my drink in my hand, and I enjoyed what the fuck I was watching. I, well, I enjoyed the banter. I had, I had one issue. I didn't like the banter because I think it's really from a Patrick Stewart perspective that he is just huffing through all of his lines. I've said this for hey. the past. Like, I know you've you got a problem with his voice now. Like, <laughs> that's I'm the like, way the man's voice sounds now. No, like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta I'm just that. saying he had this like very deep commanding voice. The man is way like, I understand that. Even up to the point of the last two X Men movies that he appeared in. Very deep commanding voice. And then like now it's very hollow, very weathered voice. And it it's sad. been like that for the last 10 years, dude. And it is sad. It is sad. Bro, he's an old I, man. I understand he's that. James Earl Jones is an old man, but he still sounds like Darth Vader to me, all right? No, nah, his voice has changed, man. His voice has changed I, as well. I, he can't do it anymore. Yo, those Arby's commercials hitting you. He said, I can't do it anymore. No. He's still doing Arby's commercials. Yeah. I like the way the story was going. And I like the throwbacks to the older episodes. Because that whole thing where they talked about the code, you added three to each numeric for the code that they were using. I could have sworn that wasn't an actual episode. It might have been one of the Borg episodes. Because the minute he said that, I'm like, wait a minute. They did do that. They did add threes to every one of the coordinates. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. So they're all coming together trying to solve a mystery. Every person on the crew is contributing something to it. I'm down with this. This is what I thought I was going to get in season one. Season two, I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen, but, I mean, I didn't know it was going to go that left. Yeah, I mean, they basically destroyed Q 
in the effort to. I mean, they practically destroyed Picard, man. I mean, like you know, they, they destroyed two classic characters in order to save money by having it shot in present day, but still technically be the future. This is a cost saving measure. It that was so completely sad. Yeah, and then you had Patrick Stewart kind of having too much control that second season. Right? I'm hoping that this new showrunner is not going to listen to everything he says. I love this, and I'm putting in this my best foot forward. So far, every decision that he, he's put in there, with the exception of having Rafi floating around, uh, doing whatever she was doing and on that on that ship or whatever, it was working out. Like, for instance, when I watched the trailer, when I saw Seven of Nine in a command uniform, I'm like, wait a minute, they made her a captain now. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, wait, you just sign up and just say, I want to be a captain of a starship, fill out a job application. She That's was how Starfleet out of the works Starfleet. Now? At the beginning of the first season of Picard, yeah, she was like a ranger. She was some like something like a space pirate. <laughs> yeah, and it was like she just did whatever she wanted to do. I'm like, what the hell? But and it's going on. Confederation in the second season. At some point, they start addressing the situation with how Starfleet command structure actually works. Because I mean, basically, anyone's a captain. They walk up there and they're like, "I'm a captain now," because like that dude rails. Yeah. First season he leaves, goes yeah, back, yeah, and he he's captain of a ship. He's like, now I'm a captain. And then he's clearly a, a shit person for that job because the first chance he gets, he breaks all the continuum laws and shit just to go and uh hang out with a uh, woman and her kid and shit. I'm just like, dude, this is ridiculous. Well, I guess my only problem with the show, like this this particular episode, is that everything's just so dark. Like everything future is so dark. Aside from that one scene with Rafi, I guess he's trying to go back to Starfleet Command. That was the only scene that was kind of shot in somewhat daylight. The ships are dark. I mean, particularly the, the Titan is dark. Like, everything is dark. Like, how are people supposed to see stuff? Well, that's the way the sets are working. And honestly, I can live with the set designs and everything like that. I mean, for the most part, it's, they're kind of getting the aesthetics they had before. It looked alright for the most part. But anyway, I like the little twist at the end of the Crusher popping up. Um, from what I understand, Will Wheaton's popping up at some point. I guess they reference that one character is our son, like whether it be adopted or if it's a clone of Jack Crusher or if it's actually her biological son, like whatever way it works out. Uh-huh. We don't know how that's going to work out. Or, but... or Picard's son, a little too young for Picard's son. Not really, 20 years. They said it was 20 years ago that they last saw each other. So well, Unless they were banging and he can get it up. Uh, no, I was telling my wife, you know, Picard, he was actually the captain who was like, just <laughs> balls deep in everything, like back in the day. Oh, Picard was the shit. And so he's bound to have a couple kids floating around. I'm not disappointed. I'm well pleased with how this went. See, I came to, into this with a very low expectation. I was going to see. It, I mean, it took me a while to want to watch it. I didn't want to hear all the hype and everything behind it. It's unfortunate that the this new showrunner came in two seasons too late. Granted, this is supposed to be the last season that they're writing it out completely. They're going to settle up with all the characters and so forth and just kind of shut it down. They don't expect any movies to be made out of this. So, Well, I mean, because they have either killed off people unnecessarily, like then I think it's supposed to be lore in this. There's gonna be a part of the crew somehow, some way. Oh, to try to get Brent Spiner in. Like Yeah, yeah what I mean, which is part of the problem with the first two seasons, they focused too much on his relationship with Data. And or somehow they had to shoehorn Brent Spiner into the second season. 
which then kind of ruined everything else. Well, I think Data's story was done. It was told already, so you don't need it to bring it back. It should have been done in Star Trek Nemesis at the point. Star Trek Nemesis sucked. Yes, we all agree. It was a terrible movie, but, yeah, it's just done. If you wanted to bring Brent Spiner back, you know, definitely you could have had him brought the actor back for anything, but can't think about any other way they could have just shoehorned Data in there. I'm hoping that it doesn't fall prey to what the first two seasons did. That second and third episode went to total shit. Season two just went left so quickly and so badly. Nothing positive came from season two, I don't think, with the exception of writing off Reyes and um, that's about it. And maybe ending the whole data and, and Spiner's involvement. But other than that, I mean, like nothing good came of it. Absolutely nothing good. So it looks like the showrunner, a couple episodes of Enterprise, they had done Terra Nova. That was that one show that was on Fox for like a hot moment. They had done writing for a couple episodes in Nikita. There was a 12 Monkeys TV show at some point. A show called The Night Flyers, Blood Drive, MacGyver. Co-show running executive producer for Picard. This dude is like 18 years old and sitting on the original set of Star Trek. Yeah, he's a fucking Trekkie. 